Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Royal Report, off the back of another Victor Reed and Ichibi. So yeah, we're all pretty chuffed here. Jesus. Oh no, it was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Battered Hull 3-0, which was lovely to see, lovely to have. Um, yeah, I'm joined here today by James. How you doing, James? Not so bad, mate. Not so bad. Not so bad. Just got battered on FIFA by a Newcastle fan, I heard. So Thanks for bringing that up. No, no, you said it. <laughs> Still raw. <laughs> How are you doing, Gav? Aye, spot on, mate. Spot kind on. of complain, especially after we've won. Full up. Right, how are you doing, Callum? I'm good, mate, yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. I've gotten over my cracked room. Well, I haven't quite gotten over it, but I've gotten over my sinus infection as well, so I can actually speak now, which will make a nice change. Uh, we haven't got Tom with us today, because he's... Um, He's watching his missus play for Great Britain in a softball tournament. Is that right? Yeah, the World, World Cup. Cup. The softball, softball World, Cup. World Cup. And his missus Danny is representing us. So you go, girl. I want to hear more on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, off the back of a victory. Fantastic victory. Um, fantastic to see, as I said, Anichibi. I suppose that's the best place to start. I mean, this is what... Three goals in two games now. Uh, we're looking at, isn't it the first time in? Oh, I, I can't remember what the statistic was. First time in years that he's he's managed to get back-to-back goals. Ten years. Ten, Ten years. years. Fuck Christ Almighty! Yeah. There you go. And what a team to do it for. If anyone needs it, if anyone needs it right now, it's Sunderland. So, what was your uh, what was your overall opinion of the game then, lads? I'll start off there. Uh, I thought it was a pretty perfect performance. To be honest, I mean. In terms of in terms of a son and uh, team, anyways, we we aren't ever going to going to take teams on and and throw them about like the likes of Chelsea and Man City can do. But you know that's pretty much as efficient as Sunderland can get it done. Mm. Um, and strangely, speaking to people at the game because obviously I was there, um, speaking to some of the lads around us and stuff, everyone was pretty confident. 
there was a couple of lads sitting next to me who had like three, four nil Sunderland on, like other booties and stuff. Yeah. And I just found that mental. I was like, Christ, I'm nowhere near as optimistic as you. But to to be fair to them, they were proven right because uh, we just looked like a team with a bit of confidence about us. And, and we were put away chances we might have missed uh, at the start of the season. And um, I think we defended well. Our goalkeeper really needed a clean sheet because he's been fantastic and hasn't been rewarded with one yet. Um so for Jordan Pickford to get a, a clean sheet and he had to work for it, let's be honest. Mm. He made a couple of world-class saves yeah. for me. Um, I, I just don't think there's anything you can positively say bad about it. I mean, when I, when I watched goals on Sunday this morning, um, the the focus a lot on Defoe and, well, generally the, the front three, the way the front three work together. Yeah. And it's um, it, that's the big positive for me. Like We've got now, if you can keep Victor Rudy to be fit, You've got a front three which is capable, capable of doing damage. They've scored, they've created and scored goals between the three of them in the last two games. And I mean, I know that the level of opposition isn't great. Hull are going to struggle, um, but across the board, it was a pretty pleasing performance. And we, we can't complain about anything really. I think if if there's if there's any gripe, it was the fact that we've got a player sent off. Other than that, mm-hmm. I was pretty content with the result. And the clackers didn't ruin everything for everyone, so. No, oh, well, those were, those were brilliant. They were on every seat. Um, 15 minutes before kick-off, you could hear them, and people were like just like folding them up and having a go and saying, all right, yeah. And then 10 minutes into the game, there was just paper airplanes flying <laughs> over the south stand. Like, you couldn't, literally, I'm not kidding, the concourse was just covered. Like, I'm surprised nobody done that hip in slipping on one because they were all over the place. Like, so that idea is out the window. That one never happened again, though. I don't, think any, nah, I don't think anybody used them. They just thought that. The game's a bit boring at this stage, I have to make a play. <laughs> what do you make of, uh, heard some uh, conflicting reports, I'd say, about uh, some Sunderland fans leaving, like leaving early on. Not not, uh, not I, too I was, early on, but with like, I was, 15 minutes ago. Yeah, well, I was, I brought that up on Twitter, like, through our account, because I just didn't get it. Like, I know people have their reasons, some people go to work, and things, are, everyone's reasons are different, but, like, the level of well, the amount of people who were leaving with like 15 minutes ago I was looking down and I was like how oh, man you just come to every home game and say us get tanked more yeah. than 3-0 I just can't understand it I mean like I say people have their reasons but it's uh, it seemed really it, it, and it seemed really uh, flat at full time with the game more with, with the ground more than half empty and the players you know deserved some applause and there was there was only half a stadium there I just thought it was a bit you know a bit naff like I think some people some people leave because they like they want to get their cars out of the car park early, you know, and they want to get like front of the bus queue and that. And that's something like if if someone's got like little kids and they want to like you know they're, they're taking them home and you know they're they're only youngins and that like you know fair enough. Like you said, everyone's got their reasons, but it's the people who sort of think they've seen eighty minutes of football or seventy five minutes of football. Right, let's let's get to the front of the car, you know, the car park queue. You're like, well. Is that really why you come to a football match just to get out? Yeah, it's, your car not, it's not making the most of the, of yeah, the day, is it? Yeah, you know, people people who just like switch their radio on and listen to the last ten minutes at the car sitting at the sitting at the at the front of the car park queue. You're like, uh, you know, it's just it is it is you know it's a it, it's a strange concept to me that that you do that, but I suppose everyone everyone supports supports them in their own yeah, way, don't they? Right, so yeah. Yeah. it's it's one of those. Sorry, I'll let you go. Well, you don't leave a film before the end, do you? So why would you leave a match? No, depends on the depends on the film. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess so. But back to the match, like, I mean, that, <laughs> no, like if it's a sausage party, 
afraid Salah had leeway on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but in that case, I mean, you missed the end, man. The audience like the funniest bit. But anyway, so yeah, carry on, James. <laughs> the front three were were absolutely class. I mean, Victor Nietzsche was just a powerhouse again. He absolutely just he bosses people. I just. I'm praying that we keep him fit. And if he stays motivated the way he is, he just looks an absolute, what a bargain bargain. I mean, he got him for free. He looks a, on his current form, he looks a 10, 15 million pound striker, doesn't he? Mm. He's just bullying defenders. And he, every time he seems to strike the ball, he hits it with so much power. I mean, the keeper was a bit weak for the freeze first, like, but I mean, still, if you don't shoot, you don't score. Um, I mean, James, Jermaine Defoe's goal was just class. Was. I mean, what what more's is really done really well to help the ball on, um, but Jermaine Defoe has so much to do. I mean, the defenders back off him a little bit, but he just seems to come alive, doesn't he, when the ball's at his feet and he's near near the penalty area. He's just immense. I think it, a um, an honourable mention to Jason Denier. I thought he played pretty well. He's quite well, it was, yeah. isn't he? It was it was his like overlapping run that mm. kind of took took one defender away and allowed Defoe. The, the the space but I mean he's like you said he's still got so much to do and and I mean it's when you like when you're predicting a Sunderland game and you say can you really see a score and all that sort of stuff with Jermaine Defoe and your team you'll you'll always have a chance of scoring because he, he makes so many goals himself out of nothing and it's a work like he puts in so much work and he carves out these chances and he finishes them and you know it's I can't describe how lucky we are to sort of see him banging the goals in for our club I mean where would we be without him you know and each of he's got a lot of the praise um, over the last couple of games but Defoe has, has you know saved us on so many occasions so um, yeah he's just I mean he's just fantastic isn't he? we'll see, just we're seeing him and he's, we're seeing him in his prime in my eyes yeah, lately. I know I'd agree with you but, but is, I can't ever remember him being this clinical through his career I know he's got 150 Premier League goals but at Sunderland, he's feeding off scraps, and he's still got seven goals. Like, I, I can't get my head around that. Like, I just, so like Tottenham, he Tottenham, Tottenham, he had like he only had like forty six, didn't he? So he's already got like twenty. What was it? Twenty six for us. Twenty five. Twenty six like for yeah. us. You know, if he's already got that many for us, and he and the amount he scored for Tottenham, it technically in his at a, a younger stage in his career for a better team with better players around him. Like you said, statistically, it does seem like we're seeing him in his prime. So. It's uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's great. It's great for us. He hasn't lost a thing, though, has he? He hasn't lost yeah. a step. His pace is still there. His touch is still there. His finishing ability is still there. He's fit because he's playing every week, ninety he's minutes hunger, most weeks. Gav. It's his yeah. hunger. He wants to play football. You can see, you can see on his face. He just he loves he loves scoring goals. I know he goes on about it, but he just he absolutely buzzes off it. He just he he looks fit as he's ever done. Uh, apparently he's he's as strict as ever, isn't he? In terms of his diet, and he doesn't drink, and he's very very strict. And yeah. tell you what, you should keep it up because he's he looks like he's got another, at least another two good years in him. The way he's playing, he looks he looks like a mid. He looks like he's twenty six. Yeah, he's he's it was it was made apparent um, towards the end of last season just how fit he was. Like cause he was he was playing ninety minutes every week after starting the season. Um, as a winger, hadn't he? At least playing part of the season as a winger when Advocat was there, and then um, when Allardyce came in, he was he was you know told, "Look, you're our main striker. You need you." And it was after Christmas when he kicked on. Um, I seen the stat earlier. Actually, he's he's only second to Harry Kane for goals in 2016 in the Premier League. That's how yeah, good he is, you know. 
So, sixteen yeah. goals or something, isn't it? Sixteen it's goals. Seven, in a, in a, seventeen, I think. Seventeen in it. Around, yeah. Largely shit Sunderland team. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Harry Kane. Harry Kane plays for a team who should have won the league last season. You know what I mean? So it just shows you how good he is. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm, we're dependent on him completely, aren't we? Where would we be without him? Yeah. Well, we we'll say that. We we'll say that, but um, you know, players are coming to the fore now, like Anitra. But it would be nice to see him have a good. Good few months at least, and and just kick on. Really, I mean, he's he's quite clearly capable of being an absolute force. Um, it's whether he wants to he wants to do it all the time. They, they reckon, from what I've read and heard, when he was at uh, when he was at Everton and West Brom, he, he mentally was his issue. He was he was shot a bit off being injured all the time, um, losing confidence. Because he wasn't scoring goals off the back of that, and then, you know, it just led to his mm. career spiraling. I guess, and West Brom bought a centre forward who did what he did and put the ball away, and that's why he got released. Do we and give Moyes probably... some credit? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think do we definitely. You back them. I mean, I said it. I said to you lads away from the show and in the in the chat and stuff that uh, you've got to look at you've got to look at the fact that he was. Clearly knackered after an hour, like, and he was he, he visibly he looked like he wanted to come off, and he still was forced through the ninety minutes. Whether that's a good thing or not, he could have got injured, but could have, would have, should have. He didn't. Um, he scored a second goal, and he was still a nuisance. He was he didn't have to run. He wasn't running. He was he was actually walking around because he was tired, getting the ball, receiving it, and nobody could get near him because he wasn't even having to run. He, he's just that big and and strong that people couldn't touch him. Yeah. He was. And then he was moving the ball simply, and his passing's fantastic. Like, I, I know. He's, I, I, I was thinking that, that. he's a, he seems to be more a more intelligent player than I ever thought he'd be. Like, yeah, I the mean, way he seems to bring the ball down and bring people into play. I think it was like right at the end of the game, he's drawing fouls out of people, mm. and that people are just ended up pushing him because they can't get him off the ball, and they just look, you know, sick to death of him. Um, yeah. Do you think he? I mean, I, oh, I think. Okay. I, okay. Sorry. I was I was just going to say I think it's becoming clear that. If Anichibi plays well, if we get Anichibi into the game, we play well. You know, the team plays well. And I think the first sort of, going back to the game yesterday, the, the first the first 20 minutes were, were were quite concerning, really. Hull had quite a lot of the play. They clearly looked like they, they knew each other better. They they knew each other's game. They uh, There was a, a bit of quality, a bit of passing in their midfield. They had, they had a few chances. Um, but Anichibi, I think he switched over from the, from, uh, the left to the right and immediately... He was more involved in the game, holding the ball up. Like you said, spraying excellent passes about. And that just seemed to give the team a bit of a lift. And, and we're bypassing the midfield now. Mm. And, the mid, you know, people saying the midfield weren't spectacular yesterday. But we are basically asking them to just sit there, intercept, do the ugly stuff. And we'll yeah. get the ball forward to a need to be quickly. And he'll hold the ball up. And and the, the opposition will, like you said, not be able to get the ball and they'll drop off him and he can just wait for the midfield and the fullbacks to come up and and before you know it we're 15 20 yards higher up the pitch so we're playing to our strengths and it, and it's getting us results and you know and each of you if he stays in this form he's he's incredibly crucial to to our success this season there's no doubt about yeah, it yeah you have to feel sorry for that left back mind 17 year old made his debut in the premier league and he's and he's he, he wasn't a big lad like he was little and he's got victory in he like up against him, like he must have thought, "Oh, what have I done to deserve this?" Like <laughs> the proper baptism of fire. Like the kid never had a chance, 
every time, I don't know if you saw it, but what Anitra was doing was so obvious and he just wasn't experienced or good enough to get near him. What, what was happening was the ball was feeding down the right-hand side and Nitrabi was going right up against him and leaning into him and just pointing where he wanted the ball like five seconds before it happened. That's that's how simple he had it. And like the kid, the kid had no chance. I, I think it's the it's the first goal he scores where he has to take a touch inside and hit with his left foot. Uh, the lad just dives in front of it, gets totally done, and leaves the space for him to shoot. And I was just, that, after that, if I'd have been looking at that my, as my feeling, I'd have thought, nah, you've got to get this kid off. Like, he's really struggling here. And he didn't. He, I think he stayed on the whole game, didn't he? Mm. Um, and and generally, I think that's why we won the game. I, I, obviously, I, there, was, there was other factors, but I think the fact it needs to be had so much room on that right-hand side against somebody who shouldn't have been on the same pitch with him um, was the reason we won. We scored two good goals from that side. So I think it's fair yes. to say as well, yeah, yeah. with... Both Anichibi and Defoe uh, on form, as it were, it's freeing up Watmore to be. It's taking a lot of pressure off him, I think, because obviously we know he's playing out of out of position as a winger instead of a striker. But he's not. The onus isn't on him so much now in in a situation like that where you've got, as we say, we're all applauding the front three, but we've barely mentioned him. He's. You're right, bang on. If he's got those, if he's got Anichibi holding the ball up and dictating play in the final third. And he's got the foe poaching the goal, then he's just got that freedom, hasn't he, to cause just to cause a nuisance of himself. Yeah, you're exactly right. You, you stole the words out of my mouth. I think I think we've got to give Duncan a lot more credit. I think he's he's looked a lot better now. As you said, the pressure's not necessarily on him. There's not as much onus on him. I mean, he, it was a clear penalty first half. I have no idea why that's not given, and it just shows that's just his pace. Just his pace and endeavour, just to to get there first. Yeah. I still I still like him to to maybe t- take a breath when he when he gets the ball instead of you know just trying to trying to move the ball so quickly. But I guess that's that's his game. He wants he wants to move forward. He wants to get the ball forward. So um, the the more support we can have around him, the, the better for his development as well. Because he scored he, a cracking goal for the under twenty ones, didn't he? So he's obviously capable. Yeah. yeah. He well he, he he also had a, he had a part in every goal. Um, and people often forget that he's actually a lot of times this season been involved in in the build up of our goals this season, and it, it often gets overlooked because I, I don't know I've 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 I can see what's wrong with him in terms of what he could work on, but I I look beyond that often with what what more and see see that he's trying his hardest to do. Well, create in attacking areas. He's trying yeah. his hardest to do things that other players are afraid to do. Because if you look at his stats, Gav, if you look at his stats, I mean, he's only got, he hasn't scored this season, he's only got two assists, but that probably doesn't paint a picture, does it, of no. what actually he has contributed. Um, so well, I, the, the third goal, he, he linked up brilliant with Van Anholt, I think mm. it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, could have had it, well, should have had a penalty. Um, with the first goal, uh, his flick on is actually quite tame, but it's, he, he does it at the end of the day. He flicks it on, puts the phone into a position where he thinks he can score. Um, and then the second one, he's involved in that again. So it, it's it's not as though he's not contributing. People people like to pretend he doesn't contribute. He first touches this and he, he wastes possession a lot. But you've, you've got something to go over, look at and go, look, he's contributing in... in in terms of goals and assists and stuff. Well, obviously the manager uh, can see it, otherwise ways, he, wouldn't, you know? he wouldn't keep taking the first, would, 
you do you think do you think it's maybe because like he burst onto the scene he had he had like a big he had a big reputation coming through the under 21s people were talking about him and he and he and he came came on and like scored a couple of goals in his first few substitute appearances and and now he's going through a, a patch where he's he's maybe playing out of position he's not getting chances um he's still contributing but um people have become kind of greedy and, and maybe complacent as to that's as a, to what we can expect from a exactly, young player that's exactly how people are and the, the press do that and the club themselves do that and fans do it to each other do you know what i mean you get a young lad burst on the scene we've seen it happen so many times before and yeah that's we, why i mean that's why it's, it's very cons- that's why i would i would sound a word of caution about uh jordan pickford because he's he's an you know, he's a fantastic young goalkeeper, and and for a keeper of his age, his performances and and his composure, and the way he comes and claims crosses and and shouts at his defenders, it's it's phenomenal. It's a joy to see, but the, you know, there's still a few jitters in there, and 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 you know, he's he's, he's still got a lot to learn, and, and goalkeepers don't reach their their prime until they're sort of in their thirties usually. And we've seen like Ben Anik come through ten years ago, and at first he looked you know very agile, good reactions, you know, a good athlete and all that sort of stuff. And then he started to have a jitter, and people started to turn on him. So, you know, we've we've seen we've seen this a few times before. I think every club's seen it. Like, like you said, Demo, it's it's a problem in football in general as well. So, it with these young players, we need to, you know, we need to be a bit more patient and, and understanding about about uh, their performances. So, yeah, does that does that go for Didier and Dong as well then? Because. I would got, say so. I yeah. think it was James Hunter. He put he put him. I think he gave him a five out of ten for his ratings, which I thought was dead harsh. Like I, I didn't think he was he was fantastic. Like he, he's tidy, intercepted the ball a little bit. I do think he can use the ball a little better. Um, but again, he's 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 isn't he the same age as as Pickford and and Duncan? Yeah, what more? He's so very I mean, young. Yeah. yeah, he is. I mean, I, I, I pulled I pulled James Hunter up on that on Twitter, and not cynically or anything. I just kind of try to get my head round it because. It, it's, it's not the first bit of criticism I've seen from for Dong coming out of the game, and I was I was a bit perplexed to it. Really, I was I, I only saw a tidy performance, the kind that you used to see from Colbert quite often. Just did very little, got the ball, passed it five yards. You know, it's one it's one of those positions anyway yeah. that's underrated. Naturally, if even if you're very good at that yeah. job, no one should really notice you're there. To be honest well, with you, he's, he's asking for the ball, Damien. That's amazing. Yeah. He's asking for the ball all the time. Um, which is maybe why he loses it more than other people. Well, it's but the money as well, honest, isn't it? It's the it's the massive price yeah, tag that, that makes everyone slag him off. And the Umvila well, thing yeah, as well. Yeah, everyone's yeah, bitter well, about I think, I think like that's that. the I think that's the big thing. Like I think it's the fact that um, we, we we maybe don't know as much as we we, we think we do, but there's a reason we didn't sign Jan Umvila, mm. and um, there's a reason we're signed and done, and it's obviously financial. The thirteen million pound fee that was apparently paid for him we won't have just went. He has thirteen million quid. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, that'll that'll be paid over a long period. Although Via would have apparently cost us nothing in terms of a fee um, in January. He was still going to cost us a hundred grand a week in wages, and that's just not what we can give at the minute um, because we're apparently so close to our limits with the financial fair play that we're we're obviously very strict on. So. Um, people really need to temper their expectations with him. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't think. And you've got to give this kid his due. He's he's came over from France to prove himself in the Premier League, and he's from day one. I've never seen him go hiding. He always wants the ball. 
he always, even when we've been getting hammered, he's always the, the first midfielder shown for Never him. goes home yeah, except, he when he, uh, except when he needs to show up for his uh, national team. Then no one can find well, him. But yesterday, though, I thought he was very tidy and the stats backed it up. To be honest, when I looked at it, he was um, he completed more passes than any other Sunderland player did. So to then criticise him for losing the ball too much, I thought was a bit odd because he, he was actually... Proven to have uh, had a good game, so mm-hmm. I, I think know, I maybe think, people I need to get around the idea of him. If, if you're sitting in the stadium, I mean, you can you can literally like have a Sunderland player on his own, you know, facing his own goal with like two or three players, you know, charging down the ball, and you know the 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 player is obviously going to pass backwards to the goalkeeper, and you'll still get some obnoxious bloke screaming at the player for going backwards. You know, it's screaming for like not being more positive with the ball, and it's like, well, what do you expect them to do? Like, it's you know, we, we need to we need to retain the ball when we got it. We don't want to just give it straight back. And so, we, if we've got a player who you know does the simple things well, just sprays it about, work, you know, makes the opposition chase the ball and works an opening. That's not that's not a bad thing. You know, it's no. it's, it's it's not it's it's not like he's 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 scared or anything like that. I mean, there was there's a point in the first half where. A few things didn't go well, you know. He, he stupidly on the edge of the box. He, you know, he showed his naivety and his inexperience a bit. He gave the ball away, and he sprayed a couple of passes that went out. And and you know, but after that, he was he was fairly solid and did the simple things well. And after all, if you in football, you know, in the Premier League, you can't just there's not always a forward pass on. You know, there's not mm. always the ability to sort of uh, pick out sort of a world class through ball and someone's making the right run. You know, sometimes you need to keep the ball make a sensible choice, play the simple five-yard pass and wait and be patient for an opening. And, yeah. you know, some people maybe don't understand that. And, and you know, I think you, I think the, the the price tag, you know, people see 13 million and they think, and I was guilty of this at the start of the season as well, you think 13 million up front, you know, 13 million literally gone and you could just spend 8 million pounds on, on Mvila right now. And, you know, I've, until I've started, like, doing this kind of stuff you don't really understand how the, the world of football transfers and football finance works it's another thing and that's that not, that's the not media fault, sort you know. of conveniently ignores another thing that they yeah. have a massive influence on yeah I'd agree but quickly on the on that midfield three I mean obviously they, it's by no means our, our strongest midfield three but I thought they, they, they did a decent job I mean Hull to be honest they only had one outlet and that seemed to be um, Snodgrass Hang on, James, to cut you off just before you answer this question, before I've asked it. We're on Twitter and we've got some questions asked of people. One of them is from Johnny Sherbert who wants to know, where well, he says, the midfield for the first 40 minutes was non-existent. What's the best midfield when everyone's fit? So well, maybe you can I think non-existent, non-existent is rubbish. Yeah, that's I true. Mean, we, I mean, we can, we can, we can, we can come up with that. That wasn't his question. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Denier was decent. Like, I mean, Paddy McNair did all the dirty work, didn't he, in hard yards. But in terms of what fully strength, if we're at full strength, who's our best three centre midfielders? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you you got to say Catamol, Kershaw, and to be honest, I'd be tempted to play someone like Denier in there just because he's he's a he's a big lad and he he seems to he's very mobile, seems to be able to get around the park quite well, um, and we don't necessarily have anyone that's that creative, do we? Yeah. So I'd probably go for him. I mean, it seemed to on on that night on, with uh, having Denier, having that natural centre back in the midfield certainly seemed to uh, certainly in the early stages made up for several mistakes I mean Denier chasing back 
to make up for some really poor defensive decisions again. I mean, this is something that I, I said to you certainly in the chat. Like, I mean, we don't want to get carried away, do we? It's Hull at the end of the day. It's Hull City. They weren't particularly yeah. on form. They did have some fucking cracking shots and they did have some, uh, I wouldn't say great attempts, but they certainly moved the ball well enough to get inside to our final third. And again, I was let down. I was looking at Kona. I know he did, he did commit to some good challenges, but I was looking at him again and thinking, I really miss Kabul. See, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was looking at Kone's performance. Again, it just seemed slow, and it seemed like he, he wasn't aware of what was going on around him. Pickford, Pickford bailed him out, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, I think his, his, the first save, I think, from Snodgrass's overhead kick, I mean, is it's absolutely that's fast. Quality, by but the way, that yeah. second one, that second save, how he, how he gets down that fast, I'm sorry, uh, that, that reminded me of, you know, Craig Gordon's against Bolton. Yeah. You know, like how he just seemed to get down... It was just pure instinct to get down that that fast. And to be honest, Patrick Van Arnold did fantastic. And he double goal line clearance yeah, afterwards. That was just brilliant because he can only use his head. Bless him. <laughs> so. I mean, still you. I mean, Gav, I don't know what you think. I mean, you because you you actually think he's been all right the last few weeks. I mean, obviously yeah. he's a bit petulant when he threw red, but he's 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 got this knack of diving in from behind. He done it a couple of times in the game and got away with it by winning the ball. Um, but I actually think both of his yellow cards were for similar issues, like going around the back of a defender and diving in and when trying to intercept it quickly. Uh, he's, I think he's a bit of a tight bramble and he's, he's he's clearly a very athletic and talented footballer, but his head is just like mashed potato. Like he just makes makes some decisions at times where you just think, "What the hell are you doing?" Like, and he, he didn't need to do that, but he generally in the game, if I'd come away and he'd not got sent off, I would have said he was one of the top two or three performers on the pitch. He was quality. He was really I think good. He's, yeah. he's got a lot of work to do before we can say, though, that he's he a reliable right. centre-back. Like He dove into those challenges like he normally does, where he just, like, situations where he doesn't need to do it. And, yeah. you know, it's like, it's almost, to me, it's almost like he sees an opportunity to look amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like, to, like he sees, like, a highlight coming on, like, match of the day or something like that, and he thinks, oh, this will make me look amazing when I win this tackle from, like, a seemingly unwinnable position and uh, and he's a defender who seems like far too obsessed about how he looks when he's defending rather than just doing stuff simple and unspectacular yeah and, he looks like know, a, he looks like a defender who's who's about 20 21 but he's 29 isn't he because i think it was Moyes said in his in his interview afterwards i mean someone mentioned jillabodji's red and he said he still thinks of him as a young defender i think you can't be saying that about a 28 year old can you mm. i mean that's that's not good to me, that shows that. I mean, he uh, he has been decent the last couple of games, but if David Moyes is saying something like that, I mean, does that raise question marks that maybe he's a, for lack of a better word, a bit thick, or is he? You know, is, is that it? I, th- I think he's just not. He's not uh, the type of player who, or the type of defender who reads the game well. He's he's clearly you know athletic and um, and and you know. It has some has ability, but it's about being able to read the situations where you dive in. And both us like one of the situations he's on the halfway line, and the other situation um, he's like out on the on the left and he just dives in and he's got absolutely no chance of winning the ball. And now we've got to like we've got to make another change to the defence just when it's starting to look settled. And a settled back four is 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 in my opinion really valuable. It's you know it's incredibly valuable to a team in our situation, if you can have that stability in the back four, 
Um, and and if I was Moyes, I'd be absolutely furious with him. But um, yeah. Well, we've got um, obviously we're coming up against Liverpool next week, um, and we'll talk more on that in a moment. But another question from Twitter, a local Jack. Could it be a good thing that Gillibodji doesn't play versus Liverpool as it's a fixture where experience is needed? For example, O'Shea. What do you make of that, James? Yeah, I, I, I see where he's coming from, um, that experience is needed. But also, what would what would concern me about about playing Liverpool is they're so, they're so quick. That fluid front three they do have is just, they're remarkably pacey. And does John O'Shea... Look remarkably pacey. <laughs> I don't think so. Like so, um, I don't know. I, I would. I, I. I think if if Gillibodji hadn't got sent off, I still would have. I would have played him because he's got to try and keep a solid back four. Um, I, I'm really not too sure if I'm honest. I think. I think Liverpool game is just it's going to be a really tricky one. Tricky, really tricky. Tricky one. is that the word we're using? Because I've pretty much written it off already. <laughs> to be honest, I'm looking at that squad and I'm thinking there is no way. There's just no way with the players we've got that we can. Um, I think we'd be very lucky to come away with a point. I think anyone would agree with I that. Think, Stranger yeah, things you, have happened, though, Damien. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah we'll, certainly. We'll beat we'll be Chelsea at the end of last season when I didn't think we'd have a chance. So, oh, I mean, we can always hope. You've, but Christ Almighty. Yeah, I, I just think I think when you when you look at the situation that we're in and we really cannot afford to keep losing games, even though we've lost our last two, we're still in the bottom three. Um, certainly a lot closer than the rest of the rest of the pack than we were a couple of weeks ago because I thought that we were cut adrift already, really, and we've, we've managed to win the last two games, which are great. But um, when your backs are against the wall, you cannot underestimate a team who need wins, like and especially when we've got strikers scoring goals, and and generally we've got a little bit of confidence about us. There's nothing to say we won't go there next week and take a point. You know mm, what I mean? And I'd, I'd be over the moon with that. I really would, and, and having watched Liverpool this season, uh, you're either going to draw nil nil, or you're going to get beat three or four. Like because the goals and the amount of goals they get from the midfield is ridiculous, and we've really just got to be on my guard in in, in the middle. And it, it's going to be interesting to see whether he whether he decides to play with that same team uh, in a game where you're going to be defending for most of it. Do you know what I mean? So Is it the yeah, case? I mean, am, am, I, am I wrong here? Are Liverpool due to play two games in 48 hours? Is that one of ours? Is, no. Is that, I think that's, that in ja- yeah. that's in like January. That's a no, I think that's in like January. Right? Mine just, mine just to change, just to change the, the direction. Like, um, I, I found that coverage quite funny. Like everyone's like, Liverpool have been forced to play two games in 48 hours. Yeah. And it was like, well, so and they, were, and they were talking about their game with us, totally ignoring the fact that we've also got two games in 48 hours. <laughs> that wasn't mentioned anywhere. Nobody cares. Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, I, I, I think the one of the concerning things, like, even though Gil is is obviously going to be suspended for the Liverpool game, you'd be concerned anyway about about Kone. I mean, it's it's not like he is the Kone of last season, and there was a you know the first the first sort of 15 minutes of. Of, of Saturday's game against Hull, you like he, he on occasion he just kind of didn't look. He was just kind of walking about, and like Umbukani got a, a chance in the first ten minutes where he took it past Jilabodji, and if he'd had a bit more composure and taken another touch, Kone was not going across to like to meet him. He was just kind of walking and, and looking, and against someone you know against a team like Liverpool with with 
you know, quality and abundance in attacking positions and, and you know, the ability to, like, get in behind you. Kone worries me as well, so I don't think Gilabodji's absence or presence makes too much of a difference. I think if we're gonna if we're gonna get anything out of that game, it has to be about the team. It has to be about you know the everyone everyone wanting it and everyone doing their jobs well for ninety minutes. And if you know if if one player um, has an off day or or doesn't fancy it, then um, we're in trouble. And and Kone has looked like a player who on occasion this season just doesn't fancy it. I don't know, maybe, doesn't maybe fancy he'll try it, so. and drum up some support from the Evertonians or something with a fantastic performance. <laughs> Bury them with three yeah. There was one thing that really, really, really scares me about the Liverpool game is um, will Jack Rodwell be back for it? Because with McNair out, I mean... Scares you It literally makes me shiver. Like, with McNair out... Um, Catamold, obviously, um, I don't know if we'll get onto him, but I mean that's an absolutely devastating blow to be without him for the next four months. Um, I mean, who who's going to come in? I guess Pinar. I guess will come in. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I've, I would, I would think Lawson would have a chance by that point. He wasn't even on the bench on Saturday though. No, I, I, that's a bit strange. I wonder if anybody asked him about it uh, afterwards because it, it would indicate to me that he was uh, maybe had a knock or something. Because the night before the, the Friday night, uh, the under twenty threes played, and he's actually played a few games for them recently, and he didn't, he wasn't there either. So, with them being in neither squad, it makes you wonder if he's if he's had a setback maybe. But um, he was back lightning quick, like, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was well three months ahead of schedule apparently. Aye. But he's um, you've got you've got to think if it's somebody to play that left hand side of the middle three. Uh, that it's going to be Pienaar or Larson, and I would imagine. Actually, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Pienaar, he's, he's quite loyal to Stephen Pienaar, and he's played yeah. quite a bit this season. And um, and you never know. He, he, alongside Denier, he might maybe a bit better. To, to be honest, in, I'd, in I'd like to see Pienaar's passing range with the front three that we've got, because he's very. He, he, can, oh, he can pick yeah. a really good pass along the floor, and that'd be not like, straight to and each of be. But that's it. That's it. Another that, is it? Do you mean to say? Do you mean to say none of us want to see a Donald Love ninety-minute midfield performance? None at all. That that a lot of people yesterday were saying that for me, like when he came on. Like, eh, midfield, Donald Love. Yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently he's been playing there for the under twenty-threes. So yeah, that that seems to be something thing this season. Sign someone for a specific. Position. Sign a fullback playing in midfield. Yeah. <laughs> or like, like McNair, we, we all thought he's a centre half, and then, oh, no, he's a number 10. All right. Okay. <laughs> what about Kershaw as yeah, well? I mean, he, he, he faced a late, late fitness test, apparently. I mean, he, was, he, he actually was slightly in contention, wasn't he, for the weekend? So he, he potentially could come in, but as I've said in previous weeks, throwing him into a game against Liverpool where they have so much pace, I'm not too sure is, is, is the right idea. Um, I mean, going back to the to the Kone point very quickly. I mean, if he's not at the races, someone like Mane. I mean, he's so he's so quick. I just I, I do I do worry there. Uh, Patrick Van Arnold's got to got to have his he's got to be concentrating. Um, Billy Jones actually was has been decent the last couple of weeks. So if he can keep that going, you know, you never know. Do you really think Billy Jones no. is going to take care of Mane though? Well, I mean, Gav's said it on on multiple occasions. Like he's 
he he did warrant in England at some point, didn't he? During his West Brom career, mm. so and there's obviously a player in there somewhere. I remember West yeah. Brom fans saying, I think when he joined, um, saying, you know, good player, like glass knees. Do you know what I mean? Like very injury prone. But they they thought he was a very decent player, and I think you know maybe last season he's had he's had like injuries and obviously he struggled for form and that and you know he's 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 looked he's looked decent the last few games so. Uh, again, it's another player coming into form, and that that can only be a good thing. I was I, I was told a while back something just kind of off the record that he he's one of these players who if he's even got a slight niggle he, he rules himself out of games and stuff. He's he's um I think Sturridge is quite famous for it at the minute. For if he's got a if he's got a slight niggle, he doesn't want to be a part of it, and that puts managers off. And he apparently Jones is is a lot like that. He he. he yeah, if he doesn't feel a hundred percent, he's not interested in in playing. So we, we saw we saw a pretty bad version of Billy Jones last year. Like in, a lot of the time, he was either well, he didn't look like he was there the majority of the time. Then he lost his place when he got injured. He Edlund, didn't he? Um, but since Southampton, he's been brilliant. Like I thought, I thought he, did, he gave a good account of himself in the Southampton game. He kept his he kept his place. Um, when we played Arsenal, up until they. That, that that five minutes or whatever, he was one of our better players. Um, and then the last couple of games, he's been great. I think I can't fault him. And I, I, this is what I've like been dying to see. I mean, you've got to you've got to think the club are scratching their head like because they've spent money on two right backs who won't get in the team. <laughs> um, for in, in in front of them is a is a lad who most expected would have left us at some point in the last year or so. Um, but but I'm I can't complain with him. I think he's. I think he's a he's a very limited yet committed player, and he came into the team at a time when the defence just weren't communicating, and we've seen a we've seen a definite um, shift in the concentration levels at the back. And I'm not saying it's solely down to him, but he does help on that right hand side because when Corney when Corny is playing like he is, you need somebody covering for him, and we saw it yesterday as well. Van Anholt pretty much played left wing the whole game; he didn't really pay much attention to defending. Um, and we had McNair filling in for him and, and Chilabodji even so you've, I think the players have started to realise now because they're getting used to each other you can see which ones are starting to cotton on to little uh, indiscrep- mm. discrepancies in the in the way that the teammates play like yeah. Van Holt has this tendency to fly forward and I'm sure Chilabodji probably took a while for him to realise that because he's not all there like um, <laughs> well, it's because it, 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 obviously they didn't they didn't have a full pre-season together did they so I guess yeah. I guess they're starting to get to know each other a bit more um, which which is a really really positive thing for us but how we've been so um, so down on David Moyes all year I mean are we going to have some something positive to say about him are we are we now thinking? I mean, we knew he was not going to be; he would never get sacked anyway. But can we see signs in the team now of a of a David Moyes Everton team? I hate to use the, the term, he but seems, you know the way they move nah, the ball. Yeah. Seems I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Callum answer first, and then I'll go. I think that's I think that's very premature to to um, to be saying. I think we've you know we've 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 found a system that seems to work uh, thus far. We've got strikers in form and we're taking our chances and um, the players are um, are seemingly putting more effort in than they did at the beginning of the season and I think that's playing a big part as to why we're getting results because we're putting the work in 
Um, Moyes and, not and, getting and, that out of them. Well, I, I think I think there's a possibility that Moyes is getting that out of them um, to to a degree. I mean, we don't we don't know exactly what's motivated them, but it, you know, it, it's obviously you've got to say that if the manager's getting performances out of the players, then fantastic. But there are still problems there, and as has been said earlier, it was only Hull we we're up against. You can only beat what you're up against, but it was only Hull that we were up against, and against Bournemouth, if they'd have taken their chances. They'd have they'd have beaten us fairly comfortably, I'd have think. I'd, I'd have thought so. You know, I, th- I think he's 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 fair enough. He's he's done well. We've got two wins on the bounce. Great. I'm I'm happy for 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 that to be the case. But for me, Moy still has a lot to do to prove that that he can that he can keep this team up and he can mould them into a decent Premier League outfit. Yeah, he, d- he does. But I, I I just want to play round off for this. Really, I think I think we've all been. Um, rightly very critical of him and and have stuck the boot in when it's been needed um, in a constructive way like we haven't we yeah haven't, I, I don't recall it being I mean, altogether we have, constructive but no yeah. but we, we, we have we have we have um, we have been fairly scathing of some of the performances and we've attributed those to the manager but I think he's gave a, he has given a good account of himself in the last few weeks and I'm I'm going to you know I'm going to highlight that I think he I think he did a good turn with the um with the community stuff, just even I know it was it was a club organised event, but he really seemed to embrace the Nissan stuff, and and he got a lot of good press out of that. And uh, his interview was actually coming out before the Bournemouth game, up until the game at the weekend. Um, I, I I do think he's he's handled himself well, and I think I think he's doing all the right things. He's kind of realised where he was going wrong in what he was saying and things like that, and and he and he has made it. A conscious effort to improve, and uh, he does deserve a little bit of credit for that. But like Callum says, there is still a long, long way to go, and we we could we could have further setbacks. You know, the cat. I think the the fact we won this weekend is it's helped ease the pain of the Catamore news, and it's kind of uh, it's not it, that that hasn't took the shine off anything. But we're still it's it's kind of a reminder that um, we're kind of stuck with what yeah. we've got. And and we, we, it can't just be a two. It's going to be thing. a long, cold These winter, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I'd agree. Exactly. I, I've got to say I'm on the fence in that respect as well. I'd agree with you both. Like, yeah, I think it is far too early to say we've turned the corner as a direct result of Moyes' managerial prowess. But similarly, we can't blame him for the poor performances. And then when they start performing well, we we have to fairly portion some of that gratitude towards him don't we so inevitably the, if the buck stops with him for being a crap manager it's got to stop with him as well for like the team performing no matter how how much the players themselves have come into form alright anyway yeah I'm ruffling now um, quick predictions then lads for Saturday why not go ahead Callum oh god you put That's me on right. spot um, right I'd, <laughs> uh, I'd probably say um, three one Liverpool. Three one Liverpool. I'd have to well, say. Um, I'm going to go for a one all draw. draw. I do think we're going to get something. I just feel I'm not. I'm not I'm, it's nothing. It's nothing daft. Or, I just feel we've got we've got a chance that we get a team. I feel like we're going to lose it in the dying minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think we're going to win yeah, it in the dying minutes. One <laughs> the classic. Yeah, classic. Classic. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> All right, lads. All right. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Roker Report. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to bringing you some more fantastic news next week. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Acast. 
And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you again. This is the Rocker Report signing off. Jorani Mako, tight, 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 tight. Hold tight the session now. Nothing but respect for y'all, bitches. They're fighting tight to open their turn, let me enter. Call me Mr. Lover, let's get busy on the cover. Come on, the sound shady, but you're never gonna be my lady. Just with the house of fun, I'm young and dumb and full of love. Keep it up! A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.